Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Greetings, nerds. This is Seen the Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Paul. How are you doing tonight, Will? Doing very well, Sarah. Just feeling like Alaska here, but doing very well. (laughs) How (laughs) cold is it? It got down, um, let's see, the lows the last couple nights have been down in the 20s, and a high struggle to get out of the the 30s yesterday. Uh, Today was a seemed to be actually colder even though i think it was apparently warmer but uh yeah uh, yeah i was just like all right that arctic blast sarah thank you very much for it appreciate it (laughs) hey hey the roads were awful well they weren't awful today but we we're getting snow right now so Ah. i i i'm i'm fine right now because it's not below zero but we're getting we're right at that point where it alters throughout the day it's uh, one above and then two below one above so we're 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 about to enter our cold spill so we'll yeah. see what happens meanwhile yeah. yeah you watched so so did you watch the mandalorian first on disney plus or did you go straight into the world according to jeff goldblum <laughs> so i i watched mandalorian first of course uh have to do that but you know it's amazing with uh with this this app so i guess the first day i had with 3.2 million first day downloads and over like mm-hmm. 10 million subscribers i mean i i know people were like excited about it but i didn't really fully grasp it how excited people were and also you know i i guess i had my preconceived notions as far as what this platform is going to be about and so I, I honestly wasn't prepared for like all it, the all the options and 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 the catalog that was available. But yeah, yeah, I I, I definitely watched the Mandalorian first, and then I started playing around, indulging a bit of '90s nostalgia, watching the original, the uh, not the original, but the uh, 1990s Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that. Um... It's amazing how much content there is in the world these days in terms of entertainment. And yet still Disney plus drops and it gets 3.2 downloads on the first day. Yeah. Like, isn't that, that, that's the crazy part to me is that despite so much content already happening, we have our Netflix, we have our Hulu, we have our Amazon, uh, we have regular movies, we have all of these TV shows and everything. And yet still another streaming service comes and everyone's like oh are are people gonna really need that and and i do think mandalorian was a draw to push it over but i i i still think it it could do half if not three quarters of what it did without mandalorian just because and you said it best like the catalog 
you don't realize how much is in that catalog until you purchase that app and you start looking and suddenly all the nostalgia comes back. And I love how um, they've also sectioned it um, in terms of decades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I was just looking. I'm like, that is so funny because you can literally sit down with somebody and be like, we're gonna watch all the '80s movies and yeah. then the '90s <laughs> and like the dorks we are. Of course, we would do something like that. Of course, it's just would. like a time travel machine. It really is. It's totally a time machine. Like I said, I you know looking at the at the catalog and seeing some of those old classics and, and things I haven't watched honestly since I was a kid, and and, and I'm like, oh okay. Uh, let me add this to the watch list, and let me add this to the watch list, and then of course the original programming. I know you, we, I, 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 you joked about me watching the uh, Warren According to Jeff Goldblum, but that was actually. So I heard. I know right before we started recording, we were talking about how uh, a lot of folks had, uh, you know, obviously reviewed The Mandalorian, and it, this a lot of the sameness was coming through. And hope as far as people's thoughts, but. Uh, one thing that did break through for me was someone talked about the Jeff Goldblum show, and I have mm-hmm. forgotten. And I have forgotten about it. Uh, honestly, I remember when uh, it was first talked about at D twenty three, at least the first time I had heard about it. But I have forgotten all about it, uh, you know, after D twenty three. And so I, I did. I, I heard someone talk about it, and I was like, okay, you know, let me go check this show out. And it was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> I, I mean, I was just as about as hyped with with it as as I was with uh, as with Mandalorian. It was just you know, obviously Jeff Goldblum is Jeff Goldblum, right? And right. And, and but the 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 topic was uh, sneakers, like like sneakers. Like it, well, he went to a sneaker con, which I kind of right. laughed because this past weekend I went to our went to our Comic Con, but I mean the 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 the, the whole backdrop of sneakers and how it's a multi-billion dollar business and the collectible nature of Jordans and everything else and it was just you know and and his of course it was a, a documentary but his own quirky personality on top of you know docu National Geographic type of uh, setup and it was very fluid and it was hour long but it, it went by very fast yeah I I think also what you're getting at is the fact that they they could have just released two or three new Star Wars shows, you know, because they own they own the rights and it's their world and it's their playground and they know that's that's what viewers want. Well, what viewers want even more is diversity, you know, in terms of content and the ability to have not only a Star Wars show but this like weird following the life of a celebrity and it not be a talk show, but yeah. kind of be a talk show, you yeah. know? Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Like th- those, those are the kind of niche things that I think they took a page from Netflix in terms of original content. And it was like, okay, let's not do the DC universe, which is all DC shows, which is very comic book genre centric mm-hmm. to the point where we, when we talk about DC, that the DC app, we always compare those shows together. Or yeah. CW is another example. Right. It, 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 it feels like the same show again and again. Different characters, mm-hmm. different plot lines, but it's still the A, B, and C of it all. It's very procedural-like. So it feels like you're drinking the same Kool-Aid again and again. With, with the Disney app, Is you have these few 
original content that's that's very different brands yeah. and and reaches a wider audience and appeals more and also doesn't doesn't make you feel like you've had too much you know exactly. it, it's just enough because we're gonna get the final installment of the skywalker saga next month so we can we can only get so much star exhaust on it so i i think that that's also a great point that you brought up with your whole dive into jeff Globloom. so so what's going on with beverly hills cop four yeah so netflix and paramount uh brokered a deal where paramount's licensing out the beverly hills cop four movie to be developed by netflix and uh, Eddie Murphy's coming back, and I guess he's riding a hot wave of uh, My Name is Dolomite, which I need mm-hmm. to see. And mm-hmm. uh, definitely need to see that. But I think the bigger thing for me, that the takeaway for me with this one is, uh, you know, we've had these franchises like Terminator, Dark Fate, and others, uh, also Men in Black, where they have tried to do the big feature film release and have underperformed at the box office. So... I think it's Paramount's kind of play, hedging their bets here and, 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 and playing it safe by just distributing it directly to Netflix instead hey. of instead of uh, instead of trying to do a grand release because you know you don't want to have a, a you know a big name franchise like the Beverly Hills Cop, which one and two were great, three you know, eh, but um, you don't want them to like suffer the same. Box fate. office fate <laughs> as uh, as some of the other name franchises have lately. Yeah, and I also, I mean, Adam Sandler. Everybody, ever since the last few blockbusters he's dropped, he's kind of um, gone the Netflix route, so he can still make his movies the way he wants to make them. And apparently, there's an audience because they continue to release them, and they have the deal and everything with Netflix. So Eddie Murphy may be thinking the same thing in his mind along with Paramount, and and to each their own. I mean, they're right now, due to the streaming services, due to the the block, I, 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 I'm going to say it like this, due to the impact of the MCU on how, what what films do well and what films don't. You know, I think they're, they're, we're talking about event filmmaking where, People really still, they want to go to the movie and not to get disappointed. So buzz is everything. I mean, the Joker, it's already passed a billion dollars. And that's partly because there was such a buzz about it. Yeah, like yeah. you, you leading up to its release, you could not watch an entertainment um, show that was covering movies or film or TV show or entertainment in general without it being brought up. Like you just couldn't, and and then people started seeing it and the reactions, and everyone wants to be a part of that, you know, wants to have say, no, I have seen it and I agree. So that what is what drove a lot of people to the cinema. Kinder or Beverly Hills Cop Four, um, it it doesn't have that because we've seen it three times, right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> decades ago. And, and so I, I think it's playing it safe. And I think it's also very strategic because they want to do it. They have another story to tell. Um, and sometimes you just have to go the other route. 
Speaking of Netflix, uh, season three of The Crown will drop this weekend. And instead of aging the cast, they've done a complete turnover. We all know this. Um, I'm. My expectations are, I honestly, I am trying to get some coursework done. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how much I'm going to watch. And I say this every time there's a Netflix drop because I know they drop them all at once. Right. And I always start and then I just need to finish it. And it's like coursework. Um, so I'm excited. It's the crown. I don't, I don't care. The actors and the actresses, I, I have, they have given us such a amount of time, a significant amount of time to be prepared to turn on the crown and not expect to see, um, the actors and actresses that we're used to that I've been ready for it. Um, I think it's really going to be cool that we're, Diana's going to appear. Like, yeah. that's honestly what I'm really excited about is yeah. to see that character and and that story. Because I feel like the first two seasons, I really understood the the length of the reign. I mean, we all know Queen Elizabeth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and she, for my entire life, she has always been the old lady over yeah. in England. Yeah, yeah. But there was a time when she was young. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was fascinating how they explored her, her her story and Prince Philip's story in their youth. And so, you know, in this next phase of their of of their of the reign, and you know, getting into sort of more contemporary times as far as what we've we've known of them, at least for our generation. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And and. Yes, there is the whole class turnover instead of going around of aging the actors, given that we've had all these conversations of you know people getting de-aged and doing a wholesale swap out. But I think just the, the way they have constructed the show, uh, it will, I think, it, it won't be distracting. It'll just sort of right. be like, it'll just be like, oh, this is a sort of natural evolution of things. Right, exactly. I completely agree. I am, I am not worried about that i am worried about how long it'll take for diana to appear and and also you know just in general because sometimes seasons don't work in shows and they've had two pretty good seasons arguably the first one's still the best but um i just i just wonder um what how the writing will change because sometimes writers write towards actors strengths Mm -hmm. so that i'm curious but I, there, there's something about the show that it still is something that I'm gonna I'm gonna be excited for until the end. Last but not least, Black Adam release date 12-22-2021. We'll believe that when we see um, a trailer. Yeah, yeah. I don't that that show. So yeah. so Mandalorian. Let's get into it. Will Mandalorian. So it's. Uh... First, first off, I really just top lines. Really enjoyed it. I think uh, I, I liked the, the 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 new little start of the program where they had this, the the different masks, like they had three PO and Darth Vader. Just just a little. Just, it was just a a fresh way of saying, okay, we're gonna break from what we're used to with the crawl at the beginning of Star Wars. Um, but the show itself, it, I couldn't help but think of Clint Eastwood and the man with no name. 
trilogy mm-hmm. as I was watching it. Just like that character, Bounty Hunter, didn't say much, but it was it was the you know when you first are introduced with to this show, it's Star Wars, so you got to have a bar and a bar full of aliens, and and so you had that. You had the 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 entrance with the uh, with the Mandalorian coming in, and he and basically I, one of the, the thing that sticks out of me from the, the first I guess ten minutes of the show you can come out warm or you can come out cold. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that just that 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 was what, other than the ending of the episode that that's the thing that stand, that stood out to me uh, as far as just you know what 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 we're gonna get with this series. So. <laughs> It, it was it was fine. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not jumping up and down because it's a pilot, yeah. and everything that happened in the episode was exposition. Um, and it just the the thing that threw me honestly is because in the trailers, at least the trailers I watched, he never said anything. Mm-hmm. And I was always wondering, I'm like, so is he going to be silent throughout the entire show? And mm-hmm. and within like a few frames, he starts talking. The mask never comes off. And right. it's even hinted out that Mandalorians never take off their masks. So now mm-hmm. I'm doubtful that we're never going to see the beautiful Pedro Pascal's face <laughs> in this show. And, and and now now here's my other problem. I am not sure of how good of an actor he is. With the mask on, because that that mm. that truly is a different skill set. It, mm-hmm. it really is. Towards the end, he 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 upped his game. He even had a comedic beat with um with the looking at um at something along with another character. That's besides the point. But there was just something that anytime he spoke, I was trying to get a little more emotion from it. Like it, some of his lines fell flat. Mm-hmm. And and I would argue half of that is because he his face is covered and and hey sue me but watch season four of Game of Thrones and Pedro Pascal he can deliver lines like monologues and tell stories and and I'm and I'm missing his his eyes mm-hmm. um, and you know me I'm a, I'm like always drawn to how the actor expresses emotions without saying things but through the right. eyes right, we can't right. see his eyes so maybe that's part of my problem mm-hmm. um and and it was and something as you were talking about your first impressions my mind immediately snapped to the the coolest part arguably um yes the ending fight scene was amazing i loved it too but what really interested me and really following this character was the brief scene we had uh, where he where he goes and turns in the 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 metal yeah and into and 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 you get a hint at Mandalorian culture yeah yeah you know totally totally because really what we know of the Mandalorian are basically Jango Fett Boba Fett mm-hmm. and you know. And that they're a warrior race, but you're right that whenever he was, he took the imperial tribute uh, credit or whatever to the metalworks and uh, handed it over to the the other Mandalorian to to, to forge his his armor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah, that that 
was very I, I like that sequence as well because it did give us some glimpse deeper into their culture and as you said and and their and their backstory and uh, hopefully they'll they will explore that some more right uh, to really flesh this character out because you're right that is it is harder to convey emotion uh, especially through a mask and in and and the voice was very modulated and electronic sounding when he did talk. Okay, I thought that was just me for a little bit. I was like, did they screw up his voice too? Because <laughs> he has a good voice. I just, I don't understand. Yeah. But, um, and, and even the scene before that, and actually, honestly, what, what threw me off is, um, I agree, every Star Wars, Star Wars content, you got to have a bar full of aliens, of course. Mm-hmm. But then they took it to Force Awakens, where... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll admit I was scared. I was like, oh my God, I just got a flashback of the scene in Force Awakens that everyone forgets until you're actually watching Force Awakens and you're like, oh, this is the part we go to the bathroom because it, it doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. It's the alien on the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that worried me. Later, when he's on the other planet and he encounters um, other aliens, that CGI was flawless. Yeah, really yeah. like that CGI. I felt it, but then it kept going, and it turned into this weird horse whispering thing, yeah. and I fell asleep. I was just, <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, uh, I don't first... understand that segment. Well, you got to explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I had the yeah. So I, I I watched Mandalorian twice, and the first time, that was to me the week for me the first time when I watched it. That's where I kind of I did fade. Uh, yeah, it's not you. It was not you. I, I faded as well. I thought, given the way that the show had been built up to that point, it was a there was so much momentum to admit the job that the client had hired him for. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, we slow down and get that scene and with with the Ugnot. And I'm just sort of like, you know, Nick Nolte is great. Uh, he, uh, you know, we have, you know, that's where voice really does come into play. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I thought it was, he was a very interesting character. But just the the way that, you know, the, it was sort of that middle interlude in the show that kind of killed some momentum that had been building up. And then, and then of course, we get the kick-ass ending. But yeah, I, I lost it there the first time around. Second time around, you know, since I knew it was coming, you know, I, I was able to appreciate the scene more and... Uh, I understand why it was put there just to to show, I guess, they're, again, talking about the culture. Mm-hmm. Because, again, it did give, it was a lot of exposition, but the exposition was there. Look, you're a Mandalorian. Your, your ancestors were known as riding horses and, or, you know, being an expert at, 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 uh, at this stuff. So, you know, again, it fleshes out race some more in this show that we you know at least in the primary primary um things that most people probably most casual fan only exposure has been in the prequels and 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 bubba fett and the you know empire strikes back and and return of the jedi yeah yeah i i just that part i i think i skipped over a few bits because it just kept going and i'm like i've seen this movie before Take me to the next. Something yeah. that I really I did like is I did notice at the beginning. I did notice at the beginning. 
how about his um like hate for droids yes and i did not see it coming that at the end he would find himself teaming up with a droid to to or or just randomly encounter another droid who was on the same mission and have to buddy up and that really brought me in because that is so um rogue one like yeah. rogue yeah. one the mm-hmm. the droid and the bounty hunter and and just the way they choreographed their scene there were some awkward moments though there was this one moment where they get out the machine gun and um, then the Mandalorian kills the guy and takes over. And I feel like he stepped, maybe he took two paces and then he was out of the machine. And I'm like, I don't, where is everything? Yeah. <laughs> I don't, how did, he literally was right there. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> there was, so there was some scaling that I think um, got screwed up during the editing of the show. But my, my last question though for you, Will, is, yeah. I, while watching it, I, I had this. I started to put together some pieces that whoever thereafter is going to tie into the cinematic universe. Definitely. And I was already counting, and I'm like, okay, so so is this by the end of the series? Is that going to be like the prologue into the the rise of Skywalker? Is that really what no. the Mandalorian purpose is, or or what what is this going to be? And um, and it ends with Yoda. Mm-hmm. Did you well, did you see not, that? It's not Yoda. It's not Yoda. Okay. Hey, it's a I green Yoda yeah. looking thing. I will call yeah. it Yoda if I want it, to. It, it, it's nice. It's, it's Yoda and Yaddle's offspring. <laughs> Remember Yaddle from Phantom Menace? No. She was on the Jedi. Yeah, so she was a Jedi. She was in the Jedi Council at Phantom. If you when you go back we end up with a baby Yoda. Yeah. Yaddles Yoda. Yeah. We end up with a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah we, we've got a baby. We definitely have the age. I was trying to calculate the timeline. So they said a 50 year old, 50 year old. So I'm trying to think back. Force Awakens, would that be about 50 years earlier? Maybe from five years after Return of the Jedi? I, I don't, don't, I don't know. I that don't would know. be about right. That would be about right. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I mean, I, I like that moment. Yeah. I like how he kills the droid, even though we saw it coming. And, and there was something about it that was very, it was like E.T. They had an E.T. Yeah. moment at the it end. Did. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, I, I had that kind of like, when the first, the very first time I watched it, because I, I yeah, obviously they did an amazing job keeping this, uh, twist under wraps, you know, especially in, in today's world. But um, yeah, I, I had the kind of ET vibes when I when I first saw Baby Yoda. Yeah, yeah, and and something else that I think is immediately grabbed me while I was watching is they they made it very clear in the beginning, just because the. Um, Darth Vader and all of his goons are gone does not mean that everything in the galaxy is right. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And and so there was a lot of disorder 
Mm-hmm. And there, it wasn't harmony, it wasn't peace, or it wasn't at least the worlds that we were introduced to. And even um, Nick Nolte's character mentions that, that, well, now these people are here and my peace is disrupted. And I, and, I, and I like that because that's a reminder that sometimes we think when the movie ends, all is right again. Yeah. Which is not, is not true because... There's still assholes in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah, there is. And to, your, and to your earlier point about, you know, what is this show setting up? You know, one of the things that I thought is, is definitely was setting up is the First Order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it, you know, and because clearly the client sees, you know, he, he knows about this baby Yoda and he, he wants, you know, he, he, he sees himself as, Obviously, the continuation of the Empire in his little part of the of the galaxy, mm-hmm. and 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 so uh, clearly he sees this as a threat. But also, that's one of the things that whenever we are first introduced in the First Order and the Force Awakens, yeah, we have all the vestiges of the Empire uh, and the and the and the, the reconstructed Empire. I mean, all the stormtroopers and their star destroyers, everything is just basically modern modernized versions of what we, we remember in the original trilogy and so you know one of the things the show i hope does get into especially since we it has already been renewed for a second season is you know really helping us sort of flesh out and bridge that story as you said that all things aren't all well in the galaxy after the rebellion uh destroyed the second death star and and the empire seems to be disbanded it, right, it, right. clearly clearly it's not and and it and really, get, I think the show is probably gonna is going to like hopefully given that John Favreau is a very good storyteller, I'm hoping that he explores some of the politics of the the, the this disorder that has happened in in the galaxy because the Empire is gone and and I think obviously the Mandalorian's mission uh, as far as protecting his baby Yoda is going to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I they, they even though that I said it's fine. I'm also I'm also tired of the overhype or all of the this is amazing, this is perfect, this is yeah. and and I just I'm I'm kind of exhausted by it because I'm like it's a well-made show. Yeah. yeah. Um it, despite that opening alien sequence that I thought looked pretty crappy. It, it just it it told the story I didn't feel misled by, led by the trailers. Mm-hmm. It set it up. Um, it got us started. I do agree with all of the everyone's speculation that part of the reason why they're dropping the second episode early is because this was really an introduction. Yeah. And, and that has some little seeds to carry for the rest of season, but I'm not... I'm not in it fully. And granted, it has some tough competition right now. Because you know what we're going to talk about next, Will? We're going to talk yeah. about some Watchmen, which yeah. continues to kick ass. It does. It <laughs> does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it, you know, it, it served. It was a pilot. It definitely served its purpose as far as getting you into this world. I mean, obviously, we're Star Wars fans, so um, we can... You know, we're we're going to watch, and and I think for me, I I, I mean, I, I'm I'm balled in. You know, some I, I see enough there. You know, I, that I'll give it a pass on my three episode rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I, you know, there's there's enough of familiarity with the universe in it, this in the show, and, and also just visually, just you know, the nice, the perfect blend of both practical effects and special effects. Um, I thought they did that very well, and so um, I, I just really want to see, you know, especially with that ending, I just really want to see how that again ties into. And I hope we get this the, the 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 origins of the first order and and like you said the that this order in the galaxy after the rebellion has fallen, and and I think they did a that's one of the good things that they did in this story and uh, talking about how imperial credits aren't worth anything here and but at the same time you know there 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 is a there is a power vacuum in the galaxy right now and and how that's going to uh, you know unfold in this in this series. Is something I hope that they, they that they do explore. Speaking of power vacuums in cities, let's get down to Oklahoma with Watchmen. Yeah. Um, very different episode, and I feel like I'm going to say this week after week because these are really chapters. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 have a beginning and an end. And they, they do connect to the previous installments, um, but they still feel like an individual chapter. And they're really building, fleshing out the whole world um, in Tulsa through these different characters and these, um, these different perspectives on this, this town, frankly. Yeah. Um, total Superman vibes total. in the opening. Yeah. Oh, man. They were all, they, they even went as far as calling them the Clarks. And I'm like, I see what you did there. I gotcha. Nod. Um, and, and it's all, and it it feels also like a commercial, one of those stupid commercials about these two people, (laughs) you know, (laughs) who are, who are just trying to sell some eggs. Um, and, and it's all leading up to the introduction of Lady, Lady True, Lady Lady True, who, who is, the probably second cousin twice removed of White Rose. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely got that vibe. White Rose. Uh, that's that's you know that's that's a perfect way to sum her up for if for folks who are familiar with White Rose, Mister Robot. She pulls it out. She's all about time. She's constantly looking at. Want, um, timing things, and you feel like everything she does is calculated. It everything. is, yeah. To the point where she can even apparently create life and give it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it it was a really in unique um, opening, yeah. um, like cold open, and and it just it got it done and introduced lady true and then we disappeared and we jumped right back into angela's story where angela's story this episode i'll i'll admit despite everything that happened with her and fletcher in the previous episode there there was something about it that that kind of stayed flat for me you know it wasn't bad it it, but it wasn't also great Mm -hmm. i felt like it was a very um an episode where she started in one place and and everything that happened just made it so that she could end up in this other place by the end of it. And and I don't know why I feel that way. 
Um, but, but there was something off about it for me where I feel like the previous episodes were stronger with her story and really fleshing her out as a character. Yeah, I, I think I I see your point there. I think this was an episode. I I didn't feel that way about her, 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 her character. I think it was, it was again, building on, she's learning more about herself. And building on this this universe of who Angela Abar is, and her really trying to just figure out like why did Crawford get killed, and and also you know who you know learning about her grandfather, mm-hmm. and so. I mean, I really liked you know. I'm, I'm glad they followed up on that point with. Uh, with uh, the Tulsa massacre and weaving the thread and a little bit, learning a little bit more about her backstory as far as her, her great grandparents and how, and, and then how her, how Will was also uh, a police officer himself and was in New York. And, you know, the time period is about the same time as some of the other original, uh, Watchman characters as far as Night Owl and some of the others. So, you know, again, he is, you know, he is, again, connecting it back to the original source material, even though this is a, obviously a continuation of that story. So I, I, I actually liked that. And the other thing that I thought was just a, a through thread line in this, in this episode was just trauma. Mm. Because, because, you know, you, you, you brought, you know, the, the opening. Right. We, we had the trauma of, the couple who uh, were not able to conceive, uh-huh. and so, and then of course, Lady True shows up with the, with the, um, the brob, or, or not the brob, but the, the, the baby, uh, baby. The baby, yeah, with the baby to, uh, you know, to um, get to, to get their forty acres, which another through line, which that you know, again, how the show ties into. Uh, real world and you know this watchman world you know the whole 40 acres and i started thinking 40 acres 40 acres and a mule thinking about tulsa massacre and slit you know and, and post-civil war reconstruction south and you know did this family possibly get their you know thinking about their rep red predations and and all those kind of things um it was just you know here's another little you know what's the backstory with with them but but to my original point about the trauma you know she you know she's like okay all about you know you're you made the point about time and she's like you have the time in this hourglass to make your decision right well i actually think she said for the next three minutes you are the most important people on yeah. the planet yeah and she did say that too yeah which and and i like how it's for three minutes you either take the deal or you don't and even if you do take the deal you're still no longer important (laughs) you know i've got i've gotten what i want and trauma that's an interesting way to put it i guess where where i'm coming from is we we start um after the clark story Mm -hmm. we start right where we left off with the previous one where we're we're following Angela, and um, we realize that when when the car drops, where she is, mm-hmm. and so her and confront each other. And for the rest of the episode, it's all about tracking down the car, which ultimately 
ultimately does lead us back to true, right. Lady True. And then more importantly, it leads us back to Will and continues to connect or continues this mythos of Will. The mythos yeah. of Will and who is he? Where did he come from? Why as a kid, and I, and it's got to, there, there has to be a connection here. Please protect this boy. Yeah. Like, like, I love that. And I love how they brought, like you were saying that note out again, because the, the way they put that, it, it's very clear that somebody is, um, is orchestrating things. And I, and I like that. I like that, that idea, because in, in one sense, you can go the spiritual route of it, mm-hmm. that, um, that there is somebody watching over us. And there's a lot of talk about gods on this show. I mean, yeah. su- people with superpowers are often equated to godlike beings and they can either save people or they can destroy the whole world. And it's ultimately comes down to their mora- morality. Yeah. So, so I think that's really good, but I also just like the, the, the idea that the writers are really moving the pieces in a way to tell this story that feels not calculated like Lady True, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but very um, like an orchestra. Yeah. They, they are playing their music. And I will, I will say it every time we cover Watchmen. I fast forward through all, everything that takes place in England. <laughs> you, you don't, because that, there, is, you know, there is that through line of trauma, as I mentioned before. So, of course, obviously, you know, there's Blake and Angela's conversation in the car with Agent Petey in the back, you know, talking about how, of course, Agent Blake was uh, conceived potentially through rape. And, mm-hmm. you know, and her, and her, of course, her comments that all superheroes have some kind of, you know, trauma in their childhood that, you know, the, the mask is there to hide the trauma. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, for Vate, I think his trauma is the fact that he, he, you know, he obviously he starts out with the, the cloning, which also ties back to Lady True because Lady True bought his, his company. Uh, where he was, uh, I guess he had a fertility clinic, which you know, of course, he's of course picking out these clones out of the out of the out of the lake, which was the most weird. It was a weird thing, I have to say. But um, in exploring some of the, his his craziness in in England, he is he he, he seems trapped, and it, part of the reason why he's like launching the. Uh, uh, butlers off using the catapults and all that other stuff is he's trying to figure out a way to escape to get into you know from escape from whatever prison that dr manhattan or whoever put him in in this place Mm. so so he you know so that was the things that were going on with him while he was he was in it doing all those things and you know there was the line in in there from lady true about about andrew Vate and stuff so they're you know so they are starting to pull that connection together with what's going on in oklahoma so uh so don't fast forward through those parts because they they actually do are they're starting to like starting to make connections to what else is going on in the show Oh, I'm sorry, Will. You're gonna always have to tell me what goes on in those parts. It's just not my cup of tea. It's not uh, my I, cup of tea. I get it. I get it. I know it's hard. Yeah, I, you know, because yeah, they, yeah, they were like a, a 
he definitely dis- is, treats these his clones as disposable in, in every way. There, um, there's just something about it that yeah. I makes me um, not want to watch it. Like it, it takes me out, and even and those connections. And sometimes I will stop, and I'll just say, "Okay, dialogue." So maybe there are some ties, and I, I maybe I'm not clicking unpause at the right points <laughs> or something but it's just there's something about it where i i'm suddenly taken out of the world and also deeply disturbed in a way where i i can either push through it and fast forward or um i might turn off the show and i'd rather just keep the show on so yeah, but yeah. that's just me and 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 again and this Honestly, is probably not going to be my favorite episode when all is said and done. Um, but I do think that we have a few more coming that are going to probably blow our minds from what I've been, what I've heard. So I'm yeah. very excited. Um, in other, in other topics, I was very confused this week because I was fully prepared to watch Arrow and the Flash. Only well, <laughs> realized they were on hiatus. <laughs> yes, we talked about this. We talked about this. That it was. Yeah, this was the I week moved that it Yeah. talked about this. <laughs> yeah, the calendar, your calendar is completely like completely blown to hell. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, there was some, there was some arrow news this week. It, they they did wrap production. So, so that was, I was watching my timeline before we got on and I saw some of Steven's tweets. Um, and even though I'm kind of off the show at this point, there is something to be said where. I can't tell from your social media. <laughs> what do you mean? You still like, you still, you seem still very engaged, even though you're off the show. From my social media? What, yeah. what did I do? You're retweeting a lot of Arrow stuff, that's all. Oh, yeah, you guys do get my retweets. I don't know why I retweet certain things. I, I just, anyways, this, this is going to go on to a tangent that's not needed. My point being is that <laughs> I um, we would not be having this conversation without Arrow. And that's the that's the honest truth, that this show truly, despite people's problems with the fan base um everyone who has watched this show for one character as another has um found themselves on social media making connections and it has really affected a lot of people's lives yeah not as many as supernatural i know (laughs) (laughs) but um it is it is kind of really interesting that this is the first time i've had a show to really impact me on that level yeah, it, you're right. You're right. I mean, I think, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely, uh, because of Arrow and it spent off the Flash, I mean, that's how we got to know each mm-hmm. other. And, and um, it did, really did move the superhero game as as much as the MCU has done it on the big screen. Um, on, the, on the small screen, this show definitely, and I, even I think even... Um, it has made lists. I think TV God, for example, did the most influential, I think, television shows of this decade, and, and Arrow is one of them. Mm-hmm. Because it did indeed show that superheroes can work on on the small screen if, if done the correct way. And so 
um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it, its legacy is, is, is very, very far and very deep. Right. Absolutely. I mean, now we have Batwoman on the show and, and she, she's just starting up and, um, this week's episode, honestly, so it was the executioner, right? Yeah. 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 It wasn't the best episode. No, (laughs) it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, it's, you know, we've talked about this before and it's becoming very, very clear. And Alice, if, they got to figure out what to do because, uh, as I said, I think either last week or the week before mm-hmm. last, when that Alice storyline runs out, they are going to be in a bind because when they've tried these villains of the week, they're very weak. Right, right. And, and you know, her, Kate's relationship with her dad is starting to become redundant where yeah. I really need to, um, to see them have a true father-daughter moment that isn't about Alice, you know? Yeah, yeah. Their yeah. connection, their their relationship, and their dynamic. They've there's they've been there's so much animosity between them, not only about Alice, but about her um, her choice not to join the Crows at the end of the first episode, and and just how she was raised in mm-hmm. a way where he was pushing her and he kept rejecting her. And how that could be tied into also feeling rejected by society because of her, um, her because she's a lesbian. So I, I think that they they have they are primed to tell a really good father daughter dynamic, and yet they are so caught up in this Alice thing that yeah. is so cliche right now. I, I really hope that they take a step back and and realize that they have so much more to explore mm-hmm. with Kate and to really get us involved. I mean, I already don't like her relationship with Sophie and the fact that now Sophie knows that she's Batwoman. I'm like, yeah. oh, great, that's stupid. Yeah. But I also am tired of people like not knowing. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, at this point, so we, we have Sophie that figured it out. Um, Mary had the opportunity to figure it out, but she was the, the 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 wise one who figured out. No, I don't think I need to know that right now because that's going to complicate things. And that was the first time I've actually liked Mary in this series. Um, oh my God, I love Mary. I don't know. Is this something? That, Mary's just not not doing it for me. But I did like her this week. Uh, I think uh, I think Ruby is really starting to feel more comfortable. You know as Kate. Um, even though the episode overall was had its problems this week, I, I, I thought her performance was was good, and I think she's continuing to grow into the character. Uh, so I think that was a good thing. Uh, but really, this episode, other than the noteworthy thing of Elise in this universe, uh, their Joker is Jack Napier, which is a nice tie-in back to, um, back to Batman 89. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of course we know is been is going to be um, is going to be in crisis. Uh, so we, you know, so you know, so it's a, it's a nice way of integrating some some of the stories in there, and maybe I guess their Bruce their their Bruce is Michael Keaton. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, but 
other than that, I mean, this episode, uh, you know, whenever we look back on the first season, yes, yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to be one to stand out, and, and for the very reasons that you that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I I still watch it, and I still haven't watched Supergirl. <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't either. And people were saying Supergirl is good this week, but uh, yeah, it's just like, all right, uh, you know, I, I'm watching Jeff Goldblum at this point, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's content. I mean, yeah. now that there's another streaming service with original content to compete with and Netflix is about to drop the crown, if yeah. you haven't been consistent, people might not come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You One you thing. get your chance and if you if you screw it up, if you stumble, yeah. then yeah. viewers might leave. Yeah, but one thing I have been consistent on has been Black Lightning and I is I'm glad that I have been. It's this season has been really, as I said before, really, really strong. This week definitely uh, continues that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, again, I think you know, you're talking about content being the key. Uh, again, the show is not shy about uh, tying in real world issues. I mean, there was definitely a moment that was very Rodney King and this week with the occupation of Friedland, where Jefferson was. Um, was trying to the ASA officers were basically bullying and, and trying to uh, break up a protest at the school because uh, Tavon was missing and who was uh, mistakenly identified as a meta, which he's not. Uh, and so, you know, there was that aspect of it. Uh, but the other, the real thing that stood out this week was um, uh, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched it, Sarah, have you watched it? No, I'm still behind. Okay. I, I don't know if I've if I've told you this. I moved city. Uh, yeah, I know you're. I know. I know. You had, you had you had it on the rundown, so I don't know if you had watched. It I know. I, yeah. I well, I I'm gonna keep it on the rundown because I know you're obsessed with it, and I'm envious that I didn't have smart viewing choices at the beginning <laughs> of this fall season, and so I I took it off when I should have kept it on and maybe dropped Supergirl sooner. I don't know, but yeah. and that's another thing is you may drop a show, and then because. Two other shows dropped um, new that you already are or want to um, go back into that universe. You may not be able to go back. Yeah, <laughs> I'll get to it. I'll get to yeah. it. Eventually. Well, yeah. Well, there, there's a, there's a definite spoiler that I don't want to I don't want to ruin it for you. Uh, dealing with, oh, I'll uh, forget it. I'll forget it. So no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going to ruin it. It's okay. Yeah, it's a pretty obvious. It's one that you, you probably. Probably would see coming dealing with Lynn and I'll just leave it, and working in the ASA lab. Lynn and and Gamby. Yeah. And Mr. Baby. There you go. <laughs> not your fan not your fan fiction. Not your fan fiction. <laughs> you you just said that I saw it coming. And well, that is the thing I have saw it coming to say. <laughs> nah, well the other uh, well, yeah. Well it involves Tobias and I'll just leave it there. Tobias. Tobias what? Yeah, yeah. Brother and sister? No, no. But Cousin he, twice removed? No, no. Uh, he something Knocking so, boots. Yeah, no. Nah, he, he it was it was another it was like a Batwoman moment where some, so he figured out something. He figured out that Jefferson was Black Lightning. Oh, oh! So you misled me because you said Lynn and Tobias, but he figured out that Black Lightning is Jefferson because yeah. of Lynn. 
the cult of Lynn and the Lane 101. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, interesting. You know, I guess I won't return until my fan fiction comes true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that you know that was bound to happen. It's it's just like despite my issues with what they're doing on this whole Alice and Kate on Batwoman situation. Alice knew from the very beginning that Kate was that woman. And in Black Lightning, I mean, Tobias and Jefferson have been at odds forever. And right. so it's kind of like, Tobias, wake up, dude. Yeah. It's right yeah. in front of you. So, it took him three you know, seasons. at least they waited yeah. three seasons. I mean, because he put, yeah, he, he, he pulled, he had a call back to the first season where, you know, Black Lightning always shows up with your daughters, Lynn. Why is that? <sighs> I don't know. It's not like they have a dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Clearly, we are in territory that means post-show. So on that yeah. note, I think we're going to call it a night. Will, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at uh, Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S J Belmont, S J B E L M O N T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 